Well, after this, I can just come up and say you're all dismissed. (laughs) We are very blessed this morning with uh, some beautiful, beautiful music, and we thank you for that, each, each of you who participated. I have a couple of quick uh, announcements before I begin, just uh, real quickly. First of all, if you have a child that you wanted to put into the nursery but nobody was there, uh, Brian and Corey will be in the nursery to take care of that if you'd like, so feel free to, to, to do that and take advantage of that. Also, if uh, you paid for one of the uh, flowers up in the front here, the poinsettias, uh, today is the last day they'll be in here, so if you'd like yours, take it and... Uh, we're going to get them all cleared out of here. We actually have some people who are allergic and uh, weren't able to be here today because of the poinsettias, so we don't want to keep them in here any longer. So uh, with that, um, let me just share that I've been, uh, as I was thinking about the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ, and as I was contemplating uh, that whole thing, it also reminded me of the fact that we have uh, here in our church, and we're really blessed with this, we have a number of uh, uh, people who have been adopted. And I was kind of going through my head of the ones that I know about, and and I came up with nine uh, people who are here in our church that I know of that were adopted. And um, so uh, when I was thinking about that, I was thinking about that whole process and uh, I was thinking about the changes and the things that must happen in some of these families as a result of, of adoption. And uh, so uh, I'm going to just show you some pictures of a couple. Uh, the Dahlstroms, I was hoping they were going to be here this morning, but they're not. But the Dahlstroms adopted uh, two uh, children, and uh, most of you know uh, them. Uh, but uh, Gage and Harmony, the, uh, see, from your side, the second from the left and the far right um, are uh, their adopted children, Gage and Harmony, beautiful little children. And one of the things that I was really struck with, and I shared this with, with uh, uh, David and Elizabeth uh, this past week, is the change that I have seen in those children. They came here, they were struggling. Uh, you could just see it. Uh, they had come from a very difficult uh, background and had some real issues. And, and when David and Elizabeth adopted them, they brought them in, and made them part of their family, and they changed their lives. They blessed them and then changed their lives. But those children are also uh, changing uh, the Dahlstrom's lives as well. Uh, and, of course, then there's Elvis. Um, that's Gage. But he did that as... Uh, and here's this little boy who, who would hardly even speak and was so withdrawn, and he did an Elvis for their school program this year and was out there and actually sang a song uh, and uh, did a little skit as part of the school program up in Nagani. That's a huge change because... A family took him in and loved him. Well, we have another family that it took in some children. And uh, they're, ch- they're giggling over here because they see their pictures. <laughs> Didn't know you'd see your pictures up in church, did you? But uh, what a blessing uh, the Hanels have been. And they've adopted three uh, beautiful little children as well from Haiti. And um, when I 
watch them and look at them, I just see so, so much growing up that's already taking place, so much change as God is using this family to change these children and make their lives better. But those children are also coming in and changing and improving the lives of the Hanel family. They are a blessing. We, we see them come in on, on Monday at Awana and they come into the church and they just light the place up because they come in with smiles and you know they'll give high fives and those sorts of things. And it's just such a, a blessing to have uh, Kasseline and John Peter and uh, Manelson here in our church. And, um, but you know, one of the things that I was thinking about is when you, when you have a family uh, who adopts children, one of the things that you have to do is take them into your family completely. They have to become full members of the family. Um, it wouldn't have been right if, uh, for instance, the Hanels had brought these three children in and said, okay, you have, you, you have freedom to go to every room in our house except one. The one room is only for our biological children. They're on, only only uh, Max and Selah are allowed to go in this room. Everybody, you can go into all of the other rooms except that. Or, or when we're sitting down and we're enjoying a meal together, you know, only our biological children are allowed to eat the best food and and you, as the adopted children, you only get to have the scraps that are left over. Wouldn't that be a terrible uh, situation to be born into, to have, have something like that happen uh, into a life? And one of the things that I've observed, and that's that these children are part of the family. I don't see any difference. When I, when I look at these three that have only been in the family for several months now, well, they've been for longer than that, but here with us, seven months they've been here, but uh, they were part of the family before that. I, I know that's how they were viewed. But to see the change that has taken place in these children is just such an encouragement, such a blessing. To see the change that it's brought to that family is such a blessing and such an encouragement. And, and I think about that uh, whenever I see them, and I, and I think about uh, how that change for them didn't just impact a few people, but it impacted all of them. So uh, Aiden, uh, Kendall and Aiden and Max and Selah are part of the family, but so are these other children. They're all part of that same family. And I was thinking again about some more about adoption through the week, and I was just kind of thinking through that whole process and kind of what, what does it mean. And I came across this definition that I thought was kind of interesting. Adoption is a process whereby a person assumes the parenting of another, usually a child, from that person's biological or legal parent or parents. And in so doing, permanently, permanently transfers all rights and responsibilities along with filiation from the biological parent or parents. Filiation means uh, descent as in from parent or the relation of one thing to another from which it is derived. So in other words, when they were adopted, they were adopted fully and completely. These children are hanels. There's no difference. And, and when we see that and we recognize that, when we look at them, we see Hanel children. We see Dahlstrom children when they're here. 
And that's a, a real a blessing. Adopted children are not brought only partially into the family, but they're brought fully into the family. Would you agree with that in your family? And that's a blessing to all that are involved. Well, it's also important for us to remember that in every family there are rules and things that, that take place. There are, there are uh, things that um, uh, we set down. Um, it doesn't matter if you're adopted or biological children. There are rules that we are expected to follow. And there are things that, uh, there are expectations that are out, are, are out there. And the reality is, is that, you know what, it doesn't matter who we are. We are all going to mess up from time to time and we're going to say or do something that uh, causes a difficulty, that uh, creates an issue within the family. And that's true of us as uh, Christians as well. We, we're born into a family where uh, God has uh, rules and some things that, expectations that he has for us. Some things that, the ways that he expects us to behave toward one another and toward others. And uh, so that's a part of what we're going to be talking about today. So if you're, uh, uh, if you have your Bibles with you, if you would turn with me to Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 to 10. And if you don't have your own Bible, there's a Bible in the chair there, and it's found on page 1,159, 1159. Ephesians 1, 3 to 10. And I'm reading from the ESV. Blessed, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. He predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will to the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the blessed us in the beloved that being Jesus Christ in him we have redemption through his blood and the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight making known uh, to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. And so I, I was again thinking about the whole thing of adoption and, and the fact that we are adopted as Christians into the family of God. And what does that mean for us? What are some of the things that are laid out in here? So when we're adopted into the family of God, uh, we... Uh, receive every spiritual blessing in heaven. Uh, now, uh, there's a couple of ways interpreting that, but uh, this could be our future blessing. But we also receive blessing now, don't we? We, we have many blessings that are given to us uh, here uh, and now, but we also have treasures or blessings being stored up for us in the heaven, in heaven, and that are waiting for us. And we also have Resented uh, to God as holy and blameless because of the purification uh, by Christ's blood. Think about that. Do you see yourself as holy and blameless? 
You know, when I read scripture that says, be holy for I am holy, and I think, oh man, God, I am so far from holy. I, I am so far from blameless. I, I, I can't even understand why you would ask me to be that. I, I, I recognize who I am. I look at myself in the mirror. I see who I am. But you see, because of what Jesus Christ did for us when he died on that cross, when he brought us his redemption, cleaned us up and made us pure in God's sight, because of the blood of Jesus Christ, he sees us as holy and blameless if we've trusted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. That's a hard concept for us to get our minds around fully, isn't it? Because we know that we're far short of holy and blameless. But God can't look upon sin and evil. And so he sent his son Jesus, who died on the cross for us, to bring us salvation and make us pure and holy and clean. And so when the accuser says, well, look at what Pastor Hank did this week, Jesus steps forward and says, yeah, but I died for that. My blood has made him pure and clean. So in God's sight, that's how we're seen. I remember a, a, a man who led a Bible study that I was in as a very young Christian. And uh, there was a number of us that went through. We were all pretty new Christians. And uh, Bill Brondike will, will remember this. Uh, but he used to often say, you know, it, it's like being in a court. And for me, that was a, uh, being a former police officer, you know, it was a great example. It's like being in court and the prosecutor stands up in court and he says, do you know what Hank Steed did this week? And Jesus stands up and he says, I died for Hank Steed. His blood my blood has washed him clean and white. He's pure. And God says, not guilty. Not because of me, but because of Jesus Christ. And that's the privilege that we have as being the adopted children of Jesus Christ. That's how we're seen as holy and blameless. Our adoption is the result of God's love. Again, it's not something that we can do on our own. You know, the, the, the Hanels weren't contacted by those three beautiful little children and said, hey, come and adopt us, come and adopt us. The Hanels, the whole family made that decision that we will go and adopt those children. We're going to bring them in as part of our family. And that's what God has done. Out of His great and marvelous and amazing love, He has adopted us into His family. That's a lot of love. We are adopted as some, I mean, as sons and daughters through Jesus. We are not partial children. We are fully his children. You know, there are, there are some people who sometimes feel like, well, I'm not really a part of the family, or I've got this, or I've got that. I know I've done these things. But when God adopted us through the blood of Jesus Christ. When he brought us into his family, it was fully and completely, we are his. It, it's not a, but what if? No, it's we are his. We're his children. There's no debating or question. Jesus, in Jesus, we have the redemption through his blood. 
You know, sometimes we use terms and somebody might be out there and say, what is that? I hear you talking about redemption. What is that? So I looked it up. Redemption is atoning for a fault or a mistake. It's a rescue. It's a rescue for us when we make a mistake. When we have a fault, we do something wrong. We have that one who has rescued us. From what? From ourselves. And from the sin that we have committed and where that sin could lead us. What the result of that could be. That's a pretty amazing gift if you think about it. To know that our sins have been washed because of the blood of Jesus Christ. We have the forgiveness of our sin, trespasses. Now, this, these are all, if, if you were following, this, I'm just taking them right out of the Scripture here. So these are all things that were in what we just read, okay? We have the forgiveness of our trespasses. What is a trespass? Well, a trespass is when I violate somebody else's life or territory. If, if you think about land, if somebody comes onto your land and you've told them or told the people they're not allowed on your land, and they come on your land, they are trespassing. Well, a trespass is a violation. Uh, I could have a, a, a student of the law stand up here and give you a really good definition of that, but, but I won't ask Jordan to do that right now. But it's a violation. It's a, it's a, a trespass is a breaking of the law. Primarily, it's regarded with, with property, but it, it can be a trespass of your rights or your privileges or, or part of who you are. It's all done by His amazing grace. Every day when I'm praying, uh, and I, don't, I can't even tell you when I started doing this, but I thank God for His grace. Because without it, I'm lost. I have no hope at all except by the grace of God who chose to love me in spite of myself. While I was his enemy, God chose to love me. That's amazing grace and can only come from a loving God. It's a revelation of his will. You know, how, uh, one of the things that, that sometimes uh, is a sticking point for us as Christians is, okay, what, what does God want me to do? With regard to this situation, where does God want me to go? Uh, I was contacted uh, recently by somebody asking about a job. And one of the things I really appreciated as a bottom line of our conversation that we had messaging back and forth was he was open to hearing what God's will is for him. You know, sometimes it, it, most of you have heard my testimony of how I came to be on the pastoral staff here and, and the process that was involved with that. Sometimes finding out God's will can be difficult and painful and it takes a while. You know, I, sh- I shared with you before, but, but I went through a year. I, I, I had 26 years on the police department. I loved every minute. I loved being a police officer. My identity was a police officer. Uh, when I thought of myself, that's who I was. And then all of a sudden in the 27th year, it was almost like a switch was flipped, and I, and I, I couldn't wait to get out of there. 
I hated going to work. From, from loving every minute of it to, to hating to go in, I, 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 would, I, I would have conversations with the chief about you know, how he had messed this up or done that. I'd, I'd have conversations about the different people and, and, and things that they were doing. And I was just like, i got to get out of here. And it took a while, but eventually God revealed his will. And it was affirmed by pa- Pastor Bob Donaldson when I mentioned it to him. And it was, it was affirmed by Anne when, when she and I began praying about it. It was affirmed by, this, by our elder board who unanimously, 100%, said yes by this church when, when the church voted. A, Baptist churches never vote 100% yes. They voted 100% yes for that. It took some doing, but that was God's will for me at that time. I, and I believe and I, and I pray that it was also the will of God for this church. Now we're blessed with, with Pastor Brian as our senior pastor, but, but for this season, I'm, I'm here trying to help out as well and be a part of the ministry team because that's God's will for me. But when you're going through that process, it can be pretty difficult sometimes. What is it that God is doing here? Why is God doing this? And it takes some doing. And then we're going to be united with him in heaven for eternity. That, that's what the scripture said here. Verse 10, as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. We will be united with God in heaven for eternity if we've trusted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Do you notice in Scripture, it doesn't have a question mark there? Do you, do you notice that it's maybe, not maybe? It, it's not, you know, if, if this and if that. No, it's God's will that we through the belief in Jesus Christ as our Savior, will have, we will inherit eternal life to be spent in heaven with Him. Well, from this list of blessings that we receive as adopted children of God, you can see that we're blessed way, way beyond imagination, no restrictions, no holding backs, no if, if, but, No, there's none of that there. There's no except. There's no, you can wish, but it's not going to happen. No, it's a promise, it's a hope that we have that's built on a solid foundation. That foundation is Jesus Christ and His finished work on the cross. It's an amazing thing beyond our imagination. But it is the hope to which we are drawn I'd like you to turn with me to Ezekiel. And uh, in Ezekiel, we have a, 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 some verses here that just really struck me as I read them. And I just wanted to share them with you t- today. And this is a prophecy of things that were going to come. So Ezekiel uh, 36, it's found on page 860 if in your chair Bible there. Uh, Ezekiel 36. We're just going to look quickly at verses 26 and 27. And uh, it's talking about what's going to happen uh, to um, the people of Israel, but I believe it applies to the people who have trusted Jesus Christ as their Savior as well. 
says this, And I will give you a new heart and a new spirit, uh, and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your, uh, from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. Well, again, if you notice, it's not something that we do. Did you, did you pick that up? That I will do these things. God is speaking through Ezekiel, and he's saying, I am going to do these things for you. So if we're part of the family of God, then we will receive a new heart. When you think about your heart, is your heart soft or is your heart hard? When you look at certain people, you probably look at them and you, your, your heart kind of soft and melts and, you know, you just, wow, you know, I, I am so excited and happy to see you. But you look at other people and there's times when you, you just see them and it's like, oh, Right? And and hopefully, as our heart becomes more soft to God and His will and who He is, and we start to see people through His eyes, our heart gets a little softer. And that heart of stone is, is softened up. It's easy for us to look at little babies, right, in our hearts kind of melt. It's like, whoa, oh, that's so cute, right? And then you, then you look at other people and it's like, oh. now, I know that's none of you, that's just me, but you know, that, there have been times when that's how it's felt, Right? But you know what's happened, you know, and I've been a Christian now for quite a few years, so it's taken a long time for God to do this in my heart. But there are times now when I look at somebody and I see somebody that other people hate and despise and don't want anything to do with, and I, and I just feel a compassion. I feel a softness toward that person. Like, if they only knew Jesus Christ. If they would only come to that point where they would surrender to him, people would see them and feel differently about them. Now, it takes a long time for many of us to get there. Now, some of you have softer hearts to start with. I had a really hard heart, but God has softened it, and I'm grateful for that. But it's only because he did the work in me. Uh, I don't think I'm... Oh, there we go. Well, we also receive, it said that we receive a spirit. We as Christians, when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit comes in and dwells inside of us. Who's the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is God. Do you view the Holy Spirit as God? Do you, do you sometimes look at, at, at yourself and say, whoa, wait a minute, God is living inside of me? Why am I thinking that about that person? Why is that stuff coming out of my mouth? Why am I behaving in this way? Why am I thinking these thoughts? 
when God is living inside of me. I have His Holy Spirit dwelling inside of me. So He changed the heart of stone to heart of flesh. I already talked about that when we got the new heart. He gave us the rules. The rules that are in Scripture He gave to us not as a club, but as a help to us. Do you ever, do you ever think about that? Like, if, if I can just do the things that God has asked me to do, I would live a happier, healthier, better life. But I know myself, and I know that I can't do that on my own. I know that I'm going to come up short. But God, the Holy Spirit living inside of me, helps me to obey. Again, going back to the adopted children, they're going to make mistakes. Just like our biological children make mistakes. But you know, as we grow and mature in our walk with the Lord, hopefully we make fewer of those mistakes. And hopefully we displease our parents or our loved ones less and less. Because that's part of the growing process. We can't do it our own, but God does it for us. In 1 Corinthians chapter 5, second, I'm sorry, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 17, you don't have to turn there, it's on the screen. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, behold, the new has come. What's the new? The new is the new you. The new is that you that God wants you to be. He wants you to grow and mature and to grow up in your faith, in your belief. You're a new creation. You notice that it doesn't say in there, you are a perfect person. I think sometimes we use scripture like this and we use it as a club on people. You're a new creation. You shouldn't be acting like that. You shouldn't be talking like that. What's the matter with you? You're a new creation. Yeah, I am. But you know what? I'm not perfected yet. But God, through the Holy Spirit living in me, is changing me. And you know what? There's times when God will send somebody into your presence, into your life, who will help to point out those things. And that can be really good. It can be really healthy. But again, if it's done out of love and grace, not as a club to point out to you how messed up you are. And I'm afraid that sometimes, folks, we use God's Word inappropriately and we use it as a club in a way that is not healthy. Romans 7, 5 and 6 says, For when we were controlled by the sinful nature, the sinful passions aroused by the law were our work in our bodies, so that we bore fruit of death. In other words, in the old self, before we were born again, we had this nature that was naturally in opposition to God. It was going in the other direction. It was, it was something that was not good or healthy. But now by dying to what once bound us, we have been released from the law so that we serve in the new way 
of the Spirit and not in the old way of the written code. Aren't you glad that we don't have to follow the written code? (laughs) But we have the Holy Spirit who leads us and guides us and directs us. When we become believers, we receive the Holy Spirit and He helps us to make right decisions. Does it work every single time? Do we always make the best right decision? Of course not. Because we're still human. But God is working in us and changing us and bringing us to a different place. When we think of the rules and regulations in Scripture, do we look at it as something that is a burden or do we look at at it as a teaching tool, something that helps us to grow closer to being the way Christ wants us to be, more like Him? So our adoption is based on the love of God who loved us even while we were his enemies and brought us completely and fully into his family permanently. So the last thing on your outline is adopted children are not brought only partially into the family of God, but fully. We are fully children of God. There is no identity difference. Because somebody stands up in the pulpit doesn't make them better than somebody who's working in the nursery or working up on the sound or projection or somebody who helped to set things up. Doesn't matter. We are all, all brought fully in. We all are part of that body. That body is the body of Christ. And you know what? I hope that you have picked up on something. I said when I started that there were about nine adopted children. I'm not going to ask you to do this, but if I show, ask for a show of hands, how many real adopted children do we have here today? Okay, I wasn't going to ask for a show of hands, but if you want to put your hands up, go for it. If you're an adopted child of Jesus Christ of God, raise your hand. Yeah, praise God. Because that's what we are. We are all adopted. We're adopted into the family of God. The family of God is not just our biological family. Praise the Lord for for examples of adoption like the Dahlstroms and the Hanels. But praise the Lord for adoption as Christians that we can all receive through the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. Would you join me in prayer? Lord God, I thank you for this morning and I thank you for the truth of your word. I'm grateful, Lord, that we have been adopted into your family. You brought us in as imperfect, weak people who desperately needed your help. And you are molding and shaping us into the kind of people that you would have us and desire us to be. Thank you, God, for your amazing grace, your amazing love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.